Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing the law of attraction, evil, spiritual mothers, and Abraham Hicks. I want to start this show by reminding or maybe sharing for the first time with you what the law of attraction is. Simply, the law of attraction is this idea that what we put attention and intention into comes back to us. So if we pay attention to what is light and good and happy and uplifting, the universe returns more of that energy to us. If we put our energy into what is dark and heavy and not working, we get more of that. That is the general sort of basic idea of the law of attraction. If you've ever heard anybody say, you reap what you sow, that would be a saying right from the law of attraction. This is going to be one of those episodes where I think you have to follow me all the way to the end. And if I can get to where I'm going, (laughs) then this episode will make sense. I'll tie it together at the end. That's the plan. So a little grace, please, as I get into this episode that I feel called to record and put out for you. So I hope this episode answers the law of attraction struggle and confusion around the idea that the law of attraction says that I shouldn't do anything that I don't want to do. I hope that this episode brings clarity to that confusion point. Now, I think of myself as a grounded realist at this point in my life. I also think of myself as a reformed pessimist and a strong skeptic and an individualist. And by individualist, I mean that the only way I can do my job or get on this microphone or hold space for people in healing and help the people that I feel called to help is by selfishly taking care of myself so that I can show up, so that I can serve. I believe that self-care is the most important thing that we can do as individuals on the planet. And to help each other on this planet without burning out and helping less than we could have otherwise. That's the essence of healthy self-care. 
Now, y'all hear me talk about the inner child all the time. I'm all about inner child healing. I also have a Catholic inner child who grew up in New Orleans. And in New Orleans during my time, there was enough sort of Haitian voodoo dark magic combined with Catholic shame and fear that was hung in the air just like the humidity, y'all. I remember coming home from a sleepover, and this was something that I was allowed to do. Uh, My mom was a single mom for a while, and if somebody would let me stay at their house, she didn't need to parent. So that was a way that I got a lot of freedom and I got a lot of experience. So I remember coming home from a sleepover and nonchalantly mentioned that we had watched the scariest movie ever, The Exorcist. And I might as well have come home with a few of my own demons. My mother acted like I was just possessed and ruined now. And I I couldn't quite make heads or tails of it. I had grown up being told movies aren't real. Nothing that you see in the movies is real. So even though it was scary, I knew it wasn't real. And yet witnessing my mother from her own Catholicism process that as very, very terrifying and very real was a puzzler for me. The same response had happened about a year before when I had again come home from a sleepover and just sort of nonchalantly talked about the sleepover and mentioned that we played a game, we used a Ouija board. Same exact response. It's the only thing I've ever seen really frighten my mother. Now, I don't know if I believe in demon possession like the movie show, but I do believe in evil. How could I not? In my own experience, I've felt evil, and I've had dozens and dozens, probably close to 50 cases over the course of my career, helping people heal from things that are unspeakable that humans do to each other neglect that is unspeakable, that there is no other word for other than evil. I was taught that anything in the hippy-dippy esoteric realm, and esoteric is one of those words that's really hard to define, but for right now in this moment, I can share with you that esoteric to me means mysterious, the hidden profound, the obscure. Trippy might even be a word that I would use. Anything that is the unknown or unstudiable, I was taught that that was evil. And by exploring, I was inviting that evil in. Now, this is a great way to keep somebody Catholic. If by exploring other things in spirituality or even other religions is seen as inviting evil into me and into my life. If we buy in and believe that, what could possibly be scarier than that? What a way to shut down a seeker. Acknowledging that I had been taught fear and shame around the interest of anything spiritual that was non-Catholic really helped me say yes to and learn from Abraham Hicks. If I had been taught and believed that evil, this dark force, exists— then I also had to consider that its opposite exists, a benevolent force, a light-filled force. This may be what I'm talking about in some ways, may be the psychological acknowledgement of our dark sides, of our shadow selves. And in acknowledging the fullness 
of our experience, of ourselves and of our life, we acknowledge the fullness. And in the fullness, I was able to say yes to learning from Abraham Hicks. I think of her as one of about five strong spiritual mothers that the universe has given me. Spiritual mothers that emotionally, mentally, spiritually, I've let into the inner circle of my own process, into my intimate, vulnerable self. I'll get into who Abraham Hicks is if you don't know her and what she is and why she's my favorite Oprah interview of all time at the end of the episode. And if I ever get to talk to Oprah, I am going to talk to her about Abraham Hicks. I've been trying to figure out how to share Abraham Hicks with you for a very long time. Because part of what I believe as my own calling, as a healer myself, is that part of what I'm good at is bridging head and heart knowledge for individuals and for the collective. And part of how I do that is by challenging unexamined or typical belief patterns or ideas or ideologies to be able to show people how closed some of our ideas are so that we can open and have a more expansive, more open-minded, open-hearted, peaceful, happier perspective for life. And this is available through a psychosocial spiritual understanding of the law of attraction. So this is what I try to bring you today, right now, in this moment, and always. I offer this story from Abraham Hicks. And if you'd like to hear her tell it, it's one of the recent episodes from her podcast. Now, Abraham sounds female, just to let you know, it's Abraham is a more masculine associated name, but Abraham has a female voice. And she shares this story of Esther. So Esther gets on a plane and she has all her stuff. And Esther gets situated, right? As we all do on a plane, we put our stuff in the overhead bin. We make sure it's not going to fall out. We make sure as sensitive people that we have all the little things that we want in our laps to fiddle with during a long flight. And we settle in and take that exhale of I've made it all the way through the airport. Here I am in my seat, ready to fly. And right about at that moment, when she's all settled in, here comes this family of five. And they just surround Esther. And the mother looks at Esther and says, would you mind so that we can sit together? Would you mind going up to the front of the plane? Now, Esther had already decided when she got on the plane, even before she got on the plane, that she did not want to sit in the front of the plane. So she sat there for a minute. And the law of attraction is about getting in alignment. So Esther was getting in alignment with this request because the healthy choices are to say yes or no. With any question, our choices are yes or no or maybe or somewhere in between. And as she sat there processing, she tried to get into alignment because she doesn't want to do something that is against her alignment. As Abraham sat, her thoughts started to churn to help her get into alignment. Her thoughts sounded like, well, I certainly don't want to separate this family. I don't want to dig in and stay in this spot for a long, awkward flight. That's certainly not the right thing to do. 
or the thing that I want to feel. So, yeah, I can gather my stuff and go up to the front. And right as she's getting to this conclusion, getting light about it, like, oh, yeah, this will be this will be light and this will be easy. And there's a window up there, too. I can see over there. So it's kind of like the same spot. OK, I can do this and I can do this happily and I can do this joyfully. As she's coming to that conclusion, the mother gets irritated and says, fine, I'll go to the front of the plane. And Esther says, hold on, hold your horses. I wasn't going to tell you no. I was just getting in alignment with my yes. And Esther happily gathered her things, left the mother to her family, and went and had a delightful flight up at the front of the plane where she hadn't wanted to sit. So if we're going to do a thing and use the law of attraction to help us do that thing or not do that thing, the idea is that if we're going to do it, we better get happy about it. Or don't do it and get happy about that. We get to choose how we feel in this way. And it's work. It's not automatic. And this is the sticking point. Many of you as highly sensitive people, especially those of you who lean anxious, get all caught up in, wait, but am I supposed to do this? Because I don't want to do it. And just like Esther on that plane, there's lots of things we don't want to do. Just because in the human condition, when we think we're going left and all of a sudden the universe says, hey, how about you go right? We don't jump tracks so easily. Happiness is the work. It is the way. And we can't fake that, but we can get there little bit by little bit. And it's not really a destination to get to. It's in the journey. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm speaking in riddles, though it might sound that way to you at first. These are ideas that are so different than how most of us are trained to think that our, our wheels in our minds might, might really creak to be able to turn around these ideas at first. If that's where you are, come back and listen to this episode a few times. Let yourself marinate in it until those wheels get greased enough to be able to flow and turn. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. The law of attraction is a training for our brains. It's training our mind muscle to automatically go into the process of aligning. And when we align, what we do isn't work at all. It's maybe even low-key delightful instead of awful and ornery and resistant and spun up in an anxious victim story. A low-vibe experience from our controlling human egos who don't like to be asked to go left 
or go to the front of the plane when we decided to go right or picked out our spot in the plane. This is not what we see modeled in the world very much. What we see, what we've all seen, what we've all done ourselves until we knew better, we've all aligned with what's familiar, not what's better, not what's lighter, not what's more productive, not what's easier for our spirits, our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our flow. We've aligned with what's familiar. And what is familiar in our modern American culture especially is grumbling, bitching, moaning, complaining, whining, focusing on the problem, and the defensive strategy that lets the ego continue to justify, I am not wrong in any way, you are wrong, not me. So, law of attraction is work in the way that we have to work to let go of what's familiar, to lean into growing the mind muscle of happiness, and that is our alignment. The work is about resisting that old, funky, low-vibe, resistant pattern and doing the work to learn how to feel gratitude, how to delight. Esther was delighting that she could do something simple as move and let this family sit together and make five people have a more enjoyable experience, a more connected experience. What a way to invite ease instead of resistance, joy instead of resentment. Gratitude instead of irritability toward our human sisters and brothers. Law of attraction is the most epic reframing practice we can do. And it sounds simple, but it's not. It sounds simple like a ballet dancer makes dance look easy. It only looks easy because of the skill that ballet dancer has acquired With hours and hours and hours and hours and years and years and years of practice, that's what makes it look so freaking easy. Those who make law of attraction look easy and are super honest and authentic can acknowledge that it's not easy, but this work is worth it. This is how and why I, as a bona fide longtime skeptic, had to consider and not dismiss Abraham Hicks. And this is the part that's going to freak out any part of you that was raised maybe in a Catholic or in a strictly religious or a shaming. You're not allowed to explore what's different or what's expansive or what seems weird. If you were taught any of those things, Abraham Hicks and Esther will challenge all of those parts. The short of it is that Esther Hicks is Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks is Esther Hicks. The short story of Esther and Abraham is that many years ago, Esther felt a calling to meditate. She didn't really know why. She just felt it like some of us just feel a calling, a little push, a nudge. And so she meditated and she meditated some more and she meditated some more and she kept meditating until she heard spirit and spirit said its name is Abraham. And Esther said, okay. Now, as weird as that might sound to you, in all my years listening from that skeptical place, it's probably been over a decade, I can honestly tell you I've never heard Abraham Hicks say one word I didn't agree with or could argue with in any way. 
And this is the kicker. This is the most important healing part. This is the part that makes me melt into her teachings and feel a sense of immeasurable trust. She's funny. She's witty. And you cannot help but giggle and smile and laugh as she teaches. I can't really trust somebody that doesn't have a sense of humor. We can talk about that on another day. But she has given me such permission to be myself by being her weird self. And I say that knowing that Abraham and Esther would agree, oh yeah, it's weird. I've heard them say it. And that leads me to my very favorite Oprah interview, is Oprah interviewing Esther Hicks about Abraham. Now, this was at the time that Oprah was still doing her TV show, and she was playing around with serious radio before podcasting was big. And she tells Esther, you know, I've wanted to have you on for a long time, but I couldn't have had you on the TV show. I have to have you here on the radio because you would weird people out. And Esther immediately goes, oh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) And they giggle about it. And it's my favorite Oprah interview because I can feel Oprah being a little bit thrown of all the people that she has ever elegantly interviewed from murderers to molesters to famous people. I mean, everybody, right? And my guess is that if I ever get to talk to Oprah, that yeah, that Esther Hicks sticks out as a guest like none other. I do hope to interview both these women one day. I visualize it. I see it. I hope for it. These are two spiritual mothers who have mothered This is where I get choked up. Who have mothered and mentored so many just by being and honoring, seeking and allowing me and all of you to see their vulnerability, their struggles, their resilience, their courage, and their pervasive permission to be themselves wherever they go. Human flaws, feelings, quirks, judgment be damned, denying none of this messy and beautiful, sometimes scary, and confounding existence. I hope with this show, with what I offer you in the Boundaries course and all of my work, and I see y'all signing up for it. I can't wait to meet you. October's going to be here in just a blink. And I hope to teach you with everything I've got. I feel so filled with light and love and possibility And I can bounce even when the strange seeming lostness of the world penetrates my bubble and gets me down. I bounce, I bounce where I used to splat. And if you want to bounce and feel lighter than ever, I want that for you too. And I hope that I'm helping you see, feel, and know That lightness is available even if you think you've never, ever felt it before. These strong, brave, funny women have helped me learn how to hold such space for myself. And I hope I'm honoring their gift by passing that on. Part of the honoring is that I now know they were gifts I didn't know all along the way. I hope there's something in this episode that helps you make sense of yourself of the law of attraction, of what it is, of what it isn't. In all seriousness, if you resonate with my work, if you resonate with my words, if you feel 
when you hear me, that's really all you need to know to take my big course. And if you are a therapist, I know you've heard me mention it for a while now, guys. My work is, is not as fast as I want it to be at times. That's my own growth edge. But if you're a therapist who wants to be a coach, I am working on that coaching program. One of my mantras is that things don't happen at the speed of my awesome ideas to help ground myself in the time that it takes. There's a Maya Angelou quote, another spiritual mother of mine, that says, good ideas take time. But it's coming. One of my coaching requirements will be successful completion of the boundaries course. So if you know you want to do that work with me and you're a therapist or a healer, jump on this course and you'll be ahead before we ever get started. I trust that the people who are meant to be there will be there. And if that's you, I can't wait to meet you. Check out Abraham Hicks by searching her name on YouTube, by checking out her podcast. And it's the greatest podcast. They're just about 15-minute episodes. And all it is is one person asking one question to Abraham Hicks, and she answers. That's the entire podcast episode. So it's nice little nuggets to absorb a little bit over time to just open up to possibility. I don't ask you to believe me. I ask you to experiment with your own experience and to get curious and to allow curiosity despite what may have been some of your childhood teachings or some resistance that comes from another place. You can also check out any of Esther Hicks and Abraham Hicks best-selling books. I want to end this episode reminding you of your inherent worth just because you're alive. I want to say thank you for listening. Y'all have been my marketing team since the beginning of this show and every single day by sharing the show, by writing reviews, by joining the Patreon, you support this show. You support its growth out there on the internet, the magic that is the internet that connects this show to more and more and more highly sensitive people, empaths and survivors every single day. We really cannot do the show without that effort from this audience, and we feel that effort, and we are so grateful. Light and love, thank you for being part of this circle of giving and receiving, of growing and leaning into our growth edge. I truly believe that sensitive people are changing the world. You are a powerful part of that, no matter how you might feel in any given moment. I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love, and I will see you right here next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.